Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off In Depth Conversations in Applied Geophysics. In this insider's look at the leading edge, I'm joined by Kyle Spikes, assistant professor at the University of Texas at Austin, to discuss TLE's November special section on borehole geophysics. Kyle and I discuss the business value of borehole geophysics, the wide-ranging and practical methods highlighted by the papers, mitigating challenges presented by borehole geophysics, and more. In this conversation, get the inside look at borehole geophysics and the value this month's special section will bring your work. For links to the TLE and more about Kyle Spikes, visit seg.org forward slash podcast. This episode is sponsored by TGS. TGS is the global gateway to subsurface intelligence from seismic to well data. As a leading geoscience data provider to the energy industry, TGS invests in onshore and offshore multi-client data projects in an array of basins worldwide, ranging from new entry frontier markets to established mature basins. TGS's extensive data library portfolio services the entire upstream lifecycle from exploration through the appraisal and development stage. Leveraging the breadth of this world-class library, TGS enhances the exploration process through advanced analytics and analytics-ready data products. Now for my conversation with Kyle Spikes. You and your co-authors in the introduction discuss how these set of papers extend the techniques most people think of with borehole geophysics. How do these papers take on a broader review of this technique? Well, when we talk about borehole geophysics, a couple of typical uh, applications come to mind. The first might actually be wireline logging, uh, where we actually uh, deal with sonics, either for P-wave velocities or shear wave velocities. And the other that comes to mind are either check shots or extending that to VSPs to get time to depth and higher resolution images around a reservoir. But that was not the emphasis of most of the papers in the special section. Most of, of the, the topics that were included were much more diverse than those typically uh, viewed and thought about applications. So it was actually pretty refreshing to see uh, people using different techniques, different ideas, and looking at different geophysical and geological problems to solve other than what we typically think about just off the top of our heads. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to bring a lot of value to the readers the introduction asked some questions regarding what is driving the need for borehole geophysics and some of the applications presented in these papers. In your view, do you lean toward one side of these questions as driving the need, the business value, or the scientific and engineering knowledge? Uh, well, those were questions uh, that we didn't have the answer to in the, for the introduction. <laughs> uh, that's why we asked those, those questions. But from a personal perspective, I'm much more interested in the scientific and engineering side. But after thinking about how those uh, scientific questions and answers come about, um, actually, I think what drives probably the, the use of the borehole methods is first the scientific and engineering standpoint, which then the business value actually probably follows after that. And the reason to, and the reason to say that is probably out of justification, because when most of the time when we do some kind of borehole geophysics work, it's actually very, very, very expensive. More expensive than what some people might think because we have to take over and essentially at least one well, if not multiple wells, which could be production wells. 
And if they're not producing, they're not making much money. So there's a trade-off between how much scientific and engineering uh, advancement and usefulness from just a knowledge standpoint. That probably does end up driving the business side. Uh, But to get started with doing this, you've got to make a business justification and decision to do it. So there's a little give and take back and forth. But probably once you can promote the use of it based on how much you've learned, that probably then drives the business side even further. That cost aspect is a good lead into the next question of how these papers in the special section help address, how do they address some of the challenges that exist for borehole geophysics? Well, from the, probably from the purest geophysical stance you can take on it, uh, when, we, when we do these types of measurements, they're not uh, going to answer every question you have. They do provide you some very detailed answers, but in relatively specific locations. It's a little bit broader scale uh, than, than uh, wireline logs, but it's certainly no, uh, no competition with surface seismic data. But still, the, the ability to get the answer that you might need to justify even drilling more wells into a particular location that's indispensable, and that's the only way you can really get that information is from some of these types of borehole geophysics experiments. So in terms of uh, addressing some of the challenges, again, it's first of all, justifying the cost, which we typically can be done if given the right situation. But in specific to the papers here, they show actually a much broader scope of questions to be asked and hopefully answered than the typical better resolution type of picture or just highlighting the intervals of interest around a reservoir. The, The papers themselves actually show some applications that have probably been around for a while, but they're probably not utilized very much outside of a few, a few companies that really have expertise in them. It's nice that that knowledge is now going to be shared a little bit more widely. Probably, and uh, I'll admit that, again, I'm not the, 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 the world's borehole geophysics expert, and so my uh, exposure to some of those techniques was fairly new with this special section, but that was, that was also pretty refreshing to see. How do the case studies presented demonstrate the positive impact that borehole geophysics can have on the exploration and appraisal drilling aspect of the business? Well, the we probably need to address that maybe one paper at a time. I don't think I'll, all of the, those papers in the section, but one that comes to mind is really identifying uh, the location of additional boreholes that are already in place. And that can be done without seismic data, whether it's from a borehole ge- geophysics standpoint. But the specific to that paper, when they were actually locating a, a different well with, that had not been cased, and that cased without having casing, you can't use magnetic techniques to actually detect it. And so, for that particular application, that really, really does show that all right. Here's here's one way to actually locate something that you would never been been able to locate otherwise, and the the reason to locate it is not to intersect it, it's to avoid it by all means. And uh, so that particular way to do it was, as far as I can tell, one of a kind. It could be not exactly one of a kind, but close to it in terms of uh, people actually applying uh, the acoustic side to actually borehole location. And so that is very positive in terms of, all right, we don't need to drill another well to go find one. We actually know where the other one is. And uh, so there was nothing negative at all about doing that kind of work for that particular application. Then another one in terms of, say, salt proximity identification, we always want to know where uh, the base of salt is, for largely for drilling purposes. Uh, so we avoid uh, pressure problems that uh, otherwise we can't specifically locate or identify. 
And so that is entirely positive on getting a better picture of where the, the base of salt might be in a, for a particular um, drilling scheme. Starting to, to see a, a flow here with, with the business value leading into this next question. With Bayer et al.'s paper, how did they take two vertical seismic profiling surveys from Shell and show results that provided the significant business and technical value? Now the the technical value for that one that one is the uh, uh, referring back to the locating the uh, the salt proximity. So knowing where that salt the base of salt is is technically extraordinarily valuable to to have uh, in your back pocket. And even, whether you're drilling through the salt, whether you're drilling around the salt, knowing where that base is is extremely important, largely for the pore pressures and any um, principal stresses around it. And why that is important is because the stresses affect the velocities and the velocities then will affect depths and uh, locations. But from surface seismic data, it's typically very difficult to identify the base of the salt. So whatever you can get from a, a couple of BSPs to identify that is extremely useful from the technical side. And on the business side, then that will save many, many dollars in terms of guessing and probably possibly uh, re-drilling if you don't actually know where the base of salt is, which then even if you get through the salt, then your locating, your location ability and your depth identification can be uh, very difficult. But this particular technique by Bayer in the Bayer et al. paper gets around not all of that, but certainly eliminates a lot of the uncertainty. What approach did Johansson et al. take that helped them remove interpreter bias in the interpretation of sonic imaging data? All right, so the sonic imaging um, idea, again, was to locate where uh, a, a separate borehole was. And there have been other techniques to do that uh, before this uh, Johansson et al. paper. The interpretation bias that is uh, that they mentioned in it was largely because the techniques used up to date till now uh, they had a big, heavy hand in whoever was actually doing the, the operation, uh, the, the computer computational operation, because it was a guess where the borehole was. So there would be some ancillary information maybe from the, uh, from the drilling of the first well. But most of that subjective information was removed. And so the Johansson et al. technique that they uh, demonstrated in their paper was to essentially use not maybe not an automated approach, but certainly a very systematic and uh, much more scientifically rigorous approach to actually identify by imaging where that other well was. Why are Lelock et al. so positive on the future potential of guided waves? Uh, it's a different uh, take on some of these measurements we do uh, down hole. And they're their main emphasis here was that uh, those type of guided waves, if they've been detected before, uh, we might not have known what they really were. They, they would have shown up in some measurement, but we, we wouldn't have known that they were some type of guided wave that could be very helpful in terms of understanding some actual rock properties. Now, the rock property uh, side of either borehole geophysics or surface seismic data geophysics is, is always one that has uh, additional uncertainty to it. And so, if you can identify additional waveforms or guided waves in this case to help you shrink down some of the uncertainty and ambiguity when you're actually trying to max, map some rock properties, that's extremely, extremely helpful. And so this was a new take on what waveforms would actually be detected in some particular instances. 
Now, you won't be able to see all those waveforms, including guided waves, in every experiment, but then the ones that uh, they talked about, certainly just picking them up or detecting them and identifying what, they, uh, what those waves are is very valuable, which then can be extended with some more certainty into rock properties, such as fractures or uh, some other rock property of interest. It's uh, quite a lot of applications there. Yeah. What are some of the advantages of using 3D VSP image volumes versus conventional surf surface seismic data? Now, this kind of goes back to one of the uh, to the first question when we talked about uh, what people typically think of first in terms of borehole geophysics. And so, for 3D VSPs, uh, they have much higher resolution than uh, a than a 3D image from conventional surface seismic data. And the reason for the much higher resolution is that the waves only have to go one way. They just have to travel from the surface down to the receivers in the borehole, as opposed to the surface seismic data where the waves start at the surface and then go down to some target and then back up. Now, during that travel, uh, the wave traveling down to the receivers and then back up, you lose all kinds of high-frequency information uh, just due to the earth. Now, the 3D VSP technique will eliminate half of that loss simply because it is just a one-way travel path. And so uh, the resolution improves drastically relative to conventional surface seismic data. And then with enhanced resolution, then you can see more layers around a reservoir. Maybe you can detect even double the number of layers relative to surface seismic data. You might be able to identify faults that are just too small to see from surface data. And then if you do see faults, then perhaps you can design a drilling scheme that uh, addresses the compartmentalization induced by the faults to actually help the uh, productivity of the reservoir in terms of um, uh, fluid production. How does this special section support geoscientists working with borehole geophysics? Likely to show a little bit more breadth in terms of the applications of it. Uh, again, the, the papers we saw were not just focused solely on improving resolution. There was a whole other, whole other approach to, to problem solving. And so, again, borehole geophysics from a scientific di discipline, there's probably not too many people who actually specialize in it. And part of that is that uh, not every company can, can do it. It's too expensive in many cases, but at least uh, with this special section, perhaps there's uh, some easier justification to, to do some more VSPs, whether they be relatively shallow or relatively deep, or to actually perform some of the uh, salt proximity type surveys or even the uh, well bore identification surveys. And so it's probably just a promotion of, yes, these can these uh, measurements can be used in more than just a resolution improvement method. What particular problem are you most interested in borehole geophysics solving? Uh, well, right now, uh, most of my background in, in this realm would be then for rock property estimates. So rock properties of interest for production and or for drilling optimization. And so the resolution bit really helps, the improvement of resolution helps quite a bit uh, from a VSP relative to surface data, but there's sometimes there's some amplitude differences that we have to address from surface data versus the VSP type measurements. And so those changes in amplitudes and how we relate to the rock properties of interest, that, that's something that uh, does really interest me. Again, it's not something that we, we typically think about in terms of changing how we actually map rock properties from surface data versus, say, BSP data. But that's something that I think could be explored a little bit more, 
simply because you have a totally different set of measurements than what we typically deal with just from surface seismic data. Well, there's a lot for the readers to dive into this special section. So thank you, Kyle, for taking time to showcase what some of those things are and and put some attention on the work that you and your editors are doing and, and these writers are doing. Well, couldn't have done without the, the paper submission. So we're, we were pleased with the, with the number and the quality that we got. Excellent. Now is the time to renew your SCG membership. SCG members create meaningful professional relationships through expansive global networks, enjoy free access to the leading edge and the SCG library, and can save on SCG bookstore purchases and annual meeting registration. Learn more and renew your membership at seg.org forward slash renew. And thank you for listening to SEG's flagship podcast. Please share this episode with a friend, colleague, or manager that would enjoy hearing this episode. Your recommendation is the single best action you can take on behalf of SEG's podcast. Go to our website at seg.org slash podcast to find all our episodes and learn the easiest way to listen directly on your phone. Original music by Zach Bridges. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary. The SEG podcast team is Jennifer Crockett, Ali McGinnis, and Mick Sweeney. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.